Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Tony Haggerty and Kevin McCallion to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today, we have a look at Celtic's upcoming transfer window. What does Neil Lennon need from the board? What sort of areas should he be targeting and who should stay and who should go at Celtic? Uh, boys, how are we today? We all right? Fine, eh? Good. So it's, football's all done and dusted, um, but as we know, this is, can end up in one of the most hectic times of year in terms <laughs> of uh, transfer news. Um, obviously a big summer ahead for Celtic, going for nine in a row next season, looking for the, to secure that another yet another treble. Um, but there's a there's a feeling that there's a there's, there is a lot of work to be done at the the club this summer. Tony, would you agree? Well, the words major rebuild. Uh, Lennon has a major rebuild. Keep see, keep to see coming up, you know, and mm-hmm. and he probably does. Yeah, I mean, he, he's looking at I don't know, probably half a team. I think he needs to bring in, you know, five or six players. But whether he he will get the budget for that and the funds for that remains to be seen. But uh, with Boyata going, then he needs a replacement. For Bayata, certainly a, def- a central defender. You know, it depends. Brendan do them a favour and loan them back. Benkovic, he seemed to like it here. He was talking about that it might not be his last game, the the cup final, and, he, and he's enjoyed the enjoyed the fact he's won medals and been a winner. So might fancy another loan spell. You know, so that, that again that'll be down to Brendan, won't it? And also if Leicester City defenders, whose name escaped me, escaped me the last time. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. <laughs> Harry Maguire, yes. <laughs> uh, that all depends on his future as well, because if he goes, then he might think yeah. Benkovic uh-huh. could slot in there, you know. And I would have thought there'd be some suitors for Maguire. In yeah, the, in he the seems summer. to have been going for a few transfer windows yeah, now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, so that, if you're talking that area, Celtic certainly need central defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think the, the issue with Benkovic for me is that it's just another season-long sticking plaster. I think... Celtic have to be looking at guys that are going to be there for two or three seasons. I think as good a player as he is, you have to get past this mentality for just bringing in loan signings from England all the time. Totally agree with that, Kev, mm-hmm. but I also think that the next two seasons are very important to Celtic. So if they can get by mm-hmm. on loans for a year to clinch nine and then do the same to clinch ten, then they might look longer term after that. I think the be on end off for Celtic on the board at the moment is clinching that mythical 10 figure. Could be wrong in that, but uh, that, I think you'll see quite a lot of kind of mm. loan and short-termism because I think they're thinking short-termism at the minute, you know? Well, it's also the issue, basically, that players of that calibre are out of Celtic's price range. So I mean, uh, Very much so, yeah. I don't think there's any realistic chance of Celtic getting a Benkovic. No, not, not in a longer term deal, no. Yeah. What was he? Was he 10 million or so? 13? 13. Leicester paid for him. Leicester paid for him, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I think if they can do the kind of Paddy Roberts thing, a year, year and a half type thing, you know, then he'll serve a purpose and a function. And mm-hmm. I think, I think at this moment in time, if you're talking about the the big rage, major rebuild, then I think they want players in that will serve a function. And the function right now is to win nine before yeah. they, before they can even talk talk about ten. So you know? on that note, do you expect him to see kind of maybe plenty of sort of loan signings this summer? Do you think that's the the route that they're going to go down, perhaps? I would have thought because he needs to assemble a team quite quickly as well before the Champions League qualifiers, you mm-hmm. know, then y- you might see that too, you know. And uh, Lustig's been off, Michael, Michael Lustig's been offered another contract. Mm-hmm. I, I find that very strange, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I believe that Lustig's coming to the end of his, you know, Celtic tenure, you know, being a great servant. But there are times when you've looked and you've thought that's a man that's, 
you know, maybe had his best days at mm-hmm. Celtic, you know. I'd also think that in Celtic terms, he must be one of the higher earners there. Yeah. Swedish international, he's had two or three contracts. So yeah. You've got to look at, is, is he going to give them value for money? For well, that and there's no sell-on yeah. with Lustig, you know. No. So it, it seems a strange one to offer him a contract. But again, Lennon's worked with this guy before, hasn't mm-hmm. he? It's yeah. Kinda, very much getting the band back together, you know. And <laughs> well, I think there's an issue as well in that he is one of the, the big leaders in the dressing room. Yes. Uh-huh. You can see it. He certainly winds up opposition players. But mm. I think if you take him out of the dressing room, you would lose quite a lot in terms of leadership as well. So of course, yeah. I mean, and there's that dynamic to think of as well. Players that are good for the dressing room and the morale and, you see, big characters. So, mm-hmm. and, and he clearly is all of them. Yeah. Maybe Celtic are thinking along the lines of a, a Colo Touri and that they'll eventually bring him on to the, the coaching staff. Possibly, that's 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 something I hadn't really thought of. Yeah. But yeah, maybe so, yeah, because he has been a big influence in that team over the uh-huh. past few years, a big driving force. And the fact that they've offered him a, is it a two-year deal that's been they're looking at, that's very much saying, you know, I want you to be here yeah. for this push to, to ten in a row. It's, you've still got a part to play in that. And I think, do you know, I know he gets, you know, he gets a, a fair amount of stick from fans, Michael Lustig, um, because you can you can see that he is perhaps on the decline in terms of his career. But I think would they they'd be happy if you know to keep him on a, on a two year deal and then bring in maybe another right back, perhaps who you know is maybe going to be first choice from now on because he's obviously going to be an able, a very able backup. But I mean, I know that's every transfer window you talk, talk about, about the right the, a right back, you know. And, uh, for years, it was the boy. Was it Cadlitch, the Czech boy? Right. He, he was all, yeah. He was always linked with them. Nothing came to fruition, you know. So it's uh, it just seems to be a recurring theme. With so they, can, they can't unearth a right back, but uh, they're maybe going to have to. Adam Matthews is about to be released from Sunderland. <laughs> I think we have to remember as it well. It wouldn't surprise me. We have to remember that in January they did sign two fullbacks, the two Americans. Yeah. So, but it's whether these this Manny Perez and Andrew Gutman are going to get games. Or are they going to be farmed out again for more experience? Yeah, I, I think they I'd have thought the latter on that one, Karen, yeah. yeah. You know? Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is... I think it'd be really surprising if they were to bring them in. I think they're probably going to... I mean, they're still young boys as well, yeah. really, aren't they? And I think it's probably... Um, as well, there was probably the thinking that they could maybe... Have, if it had worked out for Tolian, then there maybe could have been a deal yeah. for him a bit yeah. further down the line, because it doesn't look and that he's going to get anywhere near it at Borussia Dortmund but he was a and he was nowhere near a, it nowhere near it at Celtic he at was times, a, st- you know? a strange kind of mm, player yeah. almost till young, wasn't he you weren't really sure just what it was he was it almost struck me he offered or what? it almost struck me as if this guy's available he's, he plays for Dortmund he must, he be, must good. be good uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. type <laughs> signing you know uh, and because he didn't offer much did he no he did not and was quickly found out mm-hmm. you know if you've quickly found out in Scotland then you know, that's saying something for your levels of ability. I'm not saying he's a bad footballer, but mm-hmm. you know, he he didn't particularly show his potential or his worth when he was in a Celtic jersey. So it'd be interesting to see if Anthony Ralston gets more of a chance next season as uh-huh. well. I mean, injury held him back a bit this year, but he's now towards the end of the season he got a few more chances. So I think we might see him pushing hard. And yeah, do possibly. you think he's he's got the, the the capability to make that position his own or? I think Still doubts over him. I think going forward he looks quite good, but the, the questions for me would be defensively. Yeah. Um, but I mm-hmm. think Celtic should definitely look 
if not Lustig, then they have to bring in another right back. They can't just rely on Ralston. And I also American. think the problem with Ralston is he's been judged on the PSG game. Uh, you know, yeah, when, uh-huh. when that was just the ultimate baptism of fire when he was told to mark the best, arguably the best player in the world at, at that moment in time, you know, and, and everything that occurred during that game and the result and stuff. So uh, it's kind of unfair, mm-hmm. you know, to he, he, that that's kind of set some kind of benchmark in terms of Anthony Ralston, yeah. you know, and it, and it shouldn't be because I'm sure the boy didn't want to, I mean, obviously he wants to play in those kind of games, but he didn't want that to happen to him, you know, and, and, and I think moving forward, it'd be good to see him getting a run in the team and an extended run to actually see what he can do domestically, yeah. you know, and then see if he can save Celtic some money long term going yeah. forward. Because he did have that run at the, the turn of the year, didn't he, where he yeah. got in for a while and he looked, you know, he looked goals, as if he was yeah. kicking on it a wee bit because, what was it, Dundee United he went to and I don't think it really happened for him down there. Um so again, it is an option, but is it one that you know that the fans you know do they want to see? Do they want to see a signing, a real quality signing in that position? Oh, of don't they? course they do. You know, and moving into the midfield, touched on it all fair, but David Turnbull, and then I'm not surprised that Motherwell are slapping the three million pound asking price for him. I've seen a lot of David Turnbull, and he is the real deal. He's he's a terrific footballer. You know, he's vision, awareness, eye for a pass, eye for a goal. You know he he would improve in a better team around better players because he was his standout performer for Motherwell this season. You know, in a decent Motherwell team, but he was the, the pick of the bunch. And every time I, I watched Turnbull, I came away thinking, "Wow, mm. you you've got a great future ahead of you." You know, mm-hmm. so again, Celtic stung with McGinn for refusing to pay two point seven five million. The rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> if you're going to go in and barter for Tumble, then you make sure that you get him. If you've identified him as a target moving forward, then you have to pay the money, mm-hmm. you know, because if they lose, lose out to him and he goes somewhere else, he will prove his worth because the boy can play. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm not saying he's three million worth, but I can understand Motherwell's evaluation they want considerably more than they got for Phil O'Donnell, which was £1.75 million, uh-huh. which Celtic paid back then. Yeah. So if that's the case, then you're going to have to pay upwards of two and a half, maybe even the value of John McGinty to land someone like Turnbull. And and, and you can only say fair play mother for that. Yeah, and I mean, they're probably looking at it from the perspective as well as the, the you know, Jake Hastie going to Rangers. You know, they didn't get a, they'll yeah. get a development fee for him, won't yeah. they? But they're not getting the... The millions um, that they would have perhaps hoped. Um, and it was a should move by Motherwell to get Turnbull to sign. They wanted Hasty mm-hmm. to do the same. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. But one of the two, and probably, arguably in my mind, well, not arguably, they've got the better of the two nailed down on a deal which will see them recoup a lot of money for mm-hmm. them, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, Celtic's whole policy has to be to find the best domestic talent, sign them up and then move them on for bigger fees to England because once they go, they become instantly out of their price range. Mm-hmm. McGinn would now be, you're looking at 25 million probably yeah. to get him. Same thing happened with James McCarthy. Same thing happened with Stephen Fletcher. Mm-hmm. So Celtic, as much as they think they can lowball teams in the Premiership and save themselves a bit of money, it's a short-sighted policy for me mm-hmm. because if you lose out on that, if they move choose to move somewhere down south then they're gone until yeah. 
the very latter stages of their career, maybe if they might come back then. Yeah, in 90 minutes, John McGinn was gone forever. <laughs> you know, any know, hope that you had mad, of, it, you know, of, of John McGinn, I know people go back and say, but Lambert played for Dortmund and then came back to Celtic, you know, a vastly different time, you know. Uh, That's Mc, when McGinn, the were comparable, yeah, wasn't it? Yes, <laughs> now, now McGinn is gone and lost forever, and, yeah. or, unless Kevin says he, he comes at the twilight of twilight his career, his career. Oh. Or, or makes a conscientious decision that that's a club that he's always supported yeah. and he wants to come home, uh-huh. you know. But the player has to make that decision. But once you're on that prem, uh, English Premier League merry-go-round, your wages are astronomical. Mm-hmm. And as Kevin says, you, you, you command a massive fee, a sign, sign-on fee, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, Kevin said there, you, if, you're go, if you're serious about signing Turnbull, then you can't lowball it. Mm-hmm. You think clubs are going to look at, that clubs like Motherwell will look at how Celtic approach the, the John McGinn? Situation and think well. Of course, you well, have to try and eke out as much as you can yeah. for for your players. How serious are you? Mm-hmm. You know how serious is your interest? Don't waste your time. You know, and uh, Celtic will maybe say that their offer is current market value for them. Probably is, but yeah. You know, you you're, you're buying potential. You're buying the chance to sell them on for a profit. You know, of which Motherwell would get something because they'll wisely insert some kind of sell-on clause mm-hmm. as most clubs do you know so y- you make it a, a win-win for everybody if your interest is that yeah. firm you know concrete and Tony you said you've seen a lot of Turnbull this year and you, you know you can see his quality but is, is he one who would you'd think would come into this Celtic side straight away or is there, is there perhaps a chance where this is one of those where Celtic pay the money to sign him but then perhaps loan him back to Motherwell for the season or would you see this as a, a boy who could come in and maybe not as a a first choice, but at least you know make an impact. I think the boy's talented. Yeah. I really do. I I think he could hold his own easily in the Celtic team. You know, as I say, I've seen enough of him, and I've seen him playing the same teams that Celtic are going to face next season. And he's been a stick out in a lot of those games. The the jersey would just be different. You know, mm-hmm. the expectation would be greater. But I think he's a wise head on young shoulders that he'd be able to cope. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't you wouldn't be in awe of it. You know, and I, and I think he. I think he would like a crack at it, you know what I mean? But uh, because we've sp- spoken to him as well after games, and he is very, very level-headed, you know. And he and he just says he wants to keep improving for Motherwell, you know, and, and sign the contract. You know how many young guys would have had their heads turned? Yeah. You know, I, I'll use Hasty an example. I don't know if he's had his head turned, but he's jumped at the first possible sign. Now, will Hasty command a regular first-team game for Rangers? I wouldn't have thought so, mm-hmm. but. I would be confident enough to say that if Celtic signed Turnbull that he could get a regular game. Yeah, It's all about goals from midfield. I think, was it 15 from 30 for yeah. Motherwell? I mean, that's yeah. for Motherwell. a goal every two games. It's uh-huh. And it's every, everyone a cracker from the edge of the box, more yeah. or less. You know, they, they say, can time his run as well and stuff like that, you know? So yeah. the, a lot to his game. And I think yeah. that's something that Celtic, I think... Of lo- the sorry, they lost when Stuart Armstrong went. Mm-hmm. The, re- the real kind of goal threat from midfield. Um, you saw them in the cup final. Celtic were absolutely, you know, punchless, mm-hmm. and that happened because the midfield was non-existent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Rogic wasn't in the game. My my friend Rogic. <laughs> Keep, I'll be blown out by this one, chaps. You know, you know my thoughts. Well, now that Boyata has gone, yeah, so. <laughs> you know my thoughts on that. But you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And these guys. Was supposedly your creative hub, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. Roger wasn't in the game. For me, it was, it was telling the whole season that Celtic had two spells of very good form, and that was when Ryan Christie was in the team. Mm-hmm. 
Ryan Christie was the one that was driving forward from midfield, getting the goals. Yes. Yeah. And once he again got injured in the, the semi-final, that went out of the team again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah, you did see that. Rogic, I think, well, scored four, four or five goals all season. Yeah. Um, that's what Celtic are missing. Yeah, missing of course. From yeah. Midfield. So you, you add a, a Christie and a possibly Turnbull dynamic to that. Yeah. Young thrusters, you know, who can get up and down the park, can score, can create, you know. So... I'm not saying that Turnbull's certain, certain to come to Celtic, but mm-hmm. just that kind of dynamic. You yeah. know, your, your your team changes. Then you you've got quite an offensive mm-hmm. weapon there. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, you can you can definitely see the logic and the signing. It's not just a case of you know uh, a promising young Scottish player. So you know, here come the old firm to snatch him. But there is there is a logic yeah, we, there. We are back not with stats uh-huh. and facts about yeah, this, but uh-huh, you know, you I mean, know. There, there's a difference as you see. He's not just a guy that's had a good game against Celtic or Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, this boy can play and Kevin's through the stats that they're 15, you know, he scored in a, in a motherwell team that finished, what, eighth? Mm-hmm. You know, so this is exactly. not a motherwell team that's top six and reaching the cup finals. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. For a club like Celtic, it's all about getting value in your transfer dealings and there's very little value to be had in England unless you're getting guys on Bosman's at the end of the, like, the kind of Moussa Dembele type deals. So, Scotland, you do get good value for players because we, our league is viewed as inferior by many people. So if you can find a gem there, I mean, Motherwell want £3 million. That's really not that big an outlay for Celtic, mm-hmm. even though the boy's only 19 years old and has had one season at first-team football. I think as soon as you see somebody as exciting as that, it's well worth the while to, to take the gamble. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sign a player for three million and it doesn't work at Celtic, it's not that big a disaster in my view. No. Um, whereas if you spend nine or ten like they did in Edwards, then that would be a disaster. And you have to make yeah. sure that, that. Y- you think he's going to be the real deal at that price. But Edward has to work, doesn't yeah. it? Bottom line, you know. Yeah. Whereas you can take the hit from someone million, like Turnbull, you yeah. know, it, that's the thing. But I'm sure there would be even if he didn't turn out to be a 100% success at Celtic, you would still get some kind of resale on yeah, it. Of course, like he's young that. enough, you know, to, yeah. to get some kind of uh-huh. resale on it, you know. Yeah, so we'll look to the back, defence, midfield. Is there any other areas you'd like to see Celtic targeting this summer, Kevin? Um, I think central defence, even if they do get um, Benkovic back, you have to look to get another centre-half for me. And now that Izaguiri's away, um, you definitely need cover for Tierney on the left mm-hmm. um, especially he's had a an operation these things there can be setbacks on the way back Yeah, and I think you'll probably miss probably the first couple of qualifiers exactly that's so. a I mean these are big big games for Celtic mm-hmm. you can't be going in with Johnny Hayes at left back against yeah. a top European team in a qualifier that can earn your club Thirty million pounds for the season, mm-hmm. so I think they definitely have to look at getting something for that area. That could be a problem, Tony, couldn't it? Oh, very much so. But you look at the last time when when Lennon took over the range, he brought in the kind of best of British, didn't he? He brought like Kevin Wilson, Joe Ledley, Adam Matthews, Eulogy too, you know. So I think if Lennon's doing his homework in that sense and has, he probably has been, then you'll you'll, you'll probably find in the next couple of weeks that 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 bite me you know, what he's doing in the, in the t- target market. There might be a couple of Scottish ones that he's mm-hmm. 
he might be targeting, you know what I mean? Uh, I know he's, uh, I know people don't particularly like him down Celtic way, but somebody like Shea Logan or something, you know what I mean? As a defender, you know, he, you have to say he's he's been a decent performer mm-hmm. for Aberdeen. So if you're going to target guys in Scotland, then target the guys that are the best in their position. Mm-hmm. Shea Logan's one of them, you know what I mean? So why why not? talking about cover or just talking about bringing them in and, and doing a job you know mm-hmm. and Some the problem is there's, there's not many left backs that stand out in Scotland really is there? no no, no. Greg, one Greg Taylor but Greg Taylor I suppose yeah but very best. small again yeah. a Johnny Hayes type uh-huh. you know so you would think you'd want maybe more physical presence than that you know mm-hmm. just uh, just oh, off the top of my head thinking like that you know just and uh, also defenders as well I mean central defence has been Celtic's Achilles here for a long long time that's what you cost know? them in the qualifiers yeah. last year. They had Jack Hendry playing against Athens. Yeah. So. When Bayata, could he have played? Could he not have played? <laughs> you know, and you look at the goals they lost, which were bread and butter goals, and they mm-hmm. lost 30 million quid on the strength of that, because I think Athens were a poor team. Not, let's not be a bit of a bush. They mm-hmm. were a poor, poor team. And a half-decent, organised, structured Celtic side would have been able, should have been able to cope with them. No bother, you know? Mm-hmm. As much as... Joseph Suminovich came in and did a good job towards the end of the season. Um, this is a guy that I think rarely gets a run of 10 games without getting an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think Celtic can go into a campaign with just Chris Ayer and Joseph Suminovich as their two main centre-backs. So, I think they have to get a real but, move on. I mean, mm-hmm. the first qualifier is, what, three three weeks away? Yeah, it's not far. Yeah, yeah. It's the second week of July, yeah. I think. They also talk about getting in another striker, but I'd be inclined to hold off on that because I think if they can get Lee Griffiths back fit and well, Lee Griffiths will score goals. Bottom mm-hmm. line, I think we have to see goals if from his, anywhere. If this boy Bayou is a player yeah, as well, yeah, you're forgetting about him as well, you know, and Sved as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's impressed in Ukraine. He certainly looks good from you the know, clips I've seen Yeah, and the, I think Celtic fans are excited to see him. You know, so you have to give these guys a chance. You know. Mm-hmm see what you've got at your disposal first and foremost but as I say the good news about Griffiths both for Celtic and internationally he seems to be on his way back and yeah. you know and you put Lee Griffiths out on that part all he wants to do is hit the back of the net so he won't be thinking on anything else you know he might be might be rusty having not played for six months or seven eight months by the time it comes but my goodness you'd want a Lee Griffiths in your team at any stage of the season Absolutely. you know and so you know the, the fact that them People saying, "Oh, they'll need to shell out in a striker, do they?" I, I'm, I'm not so sure. I would see what Lee's got to offer first, you know, and first and foremost, say welcome back to Lee, and thankfully he seems to be over the, the worst of the, the problems that he's had in the past six months, and, and it's good to see him talking about he'll be firing in all cylinders as soon as possible, you know, for, for pre-season. I think a lot depends on the system Neil Lennon's going to play. Um, he will make it his team next year and with Hibs he went with two up top with Celtic I don't think he can do it with what's at his disposal at the moment um, obviously we'll need to see what Bayo looks like when he gets fit um, but if you're going to go with two up front then I don't think you can have just three strikers mm. in your squad so, I, um, suppose so yeah. I think if he's going to change the system then there would be a need to bring in another yeah he also likes wide men though Lennon doesn't he yeah mm-hmm. so no uh, shortage of those to, right enough, to be fair but. well he brought Daryl Horgan to Hibs didn't mm-hmm. he you know he quite liked him and you know he was he, he likes that kind of getting 
to the byline and ball across for your for your main striker, you know, so that's that's the way he likes to play. So and I and I agree with Kevin, he, he didn't want to change too much from Rogers team, which is why probably it's people that they stumbled over the line because he wasn't wanting to Yeah. Uh, he wasn't wanting to put his stamp on it right there and then because he thought, well, it ain't broke. It doesn't need fixing for the time being, but yeah. come the summer, I'll I'll readdress it, you know. And he thought they had enough in the tank to to get over the line and clinch the treble, treble, which it turned out they did. He's got. Oh, I mean, you're just talking about that, that you know, they're implementing a new system, new players, maybe taking, you know, get taking stock of guys who haven't really featured yet. It's just and these qualifiers coming up, they get. A lot on his plate, Neil Lennon, in, in such a, a short space of time with these qualifiers coming, isn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it'll be good for him having had the, f- the few months he had this season to, to reacclimatise and get a view for what's going on. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it could. a lot of fans weren't happy with his appointment in the first place. And if, let's say, they get knocked out in the, the second qualifying round, which is, which is a possibility now that you're really meeting quality teams at that stage yeah. then there could certainly be a big backlash against them mm-hmm. um, mm. so it'll be interesting to see how he copes with that and but I think knowing his nature he'll be the one that'll be like bring it on <laughs> Aye, you know, it. I, I'll, I'll meet that head on <laughs> and leave this to me type you know so mm-hmm. it's, it's in his nature he's just a competitive uh, competitive wee man you know yeah. <laughs> so well, uh, but nobody will I mean, Celtic supporters may be worried, but Lennon will certainly not be worried about no, it. He'll, he'll embrace it, you uh-huh. know. I think there's also a kind of perception this season that Europe doesn't matter as much. Lennon said himself after getting the job full-time that it's all about nine in a row, then ten in a row. Mm-hmm. And I think after what happened last season, Celtic fans don't expect to reach the group stage as much now, especially with the qualification process becoming harder. Uh-huh. And now you've got to play these four games and three of them are against sides that are equally as good as you. I mean, you used to get a couple of free hits to warm yourself up mm-hmm. and then you would have yeah. one team you would expect to beat and then the last one was kind of 50-50. But from the second qualifier now, you're you're on a knife edge. Yeah. And I think while people would like to get in the group stage of the Champions League, I don't think it would be viewed as as much of a failure as last season if they didn't make it this time. Yeah, there was a real expectation last year, mm-hmm. wasn't there? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of what went the year before. Um, I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. I, th- I mean, I, I wouldn't claim to speak for, you know, Celtic fans, um, but, I mean, there, there does seem to be a perception that it's maybe not quite as... Because I think people can I see... Think it's prominent in their, yeah. you know, their list of priorities, you know, they... they I think Celtic want the domestic dominance. They want this 10 in a row, mm-hmm. you know, and they will forsake the Champions League if they have to. Yeah. You know, it won't be a disaster. It'll be a disappointment, but it won't be a disaster. But the problem is it, it might be painted as a disaster for Lennon by those who didn't want them, mm-hmm. you know, and used as a stick to beat them with. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, they want to win everything. They want to be competitive and every but. The, the fact of the matter is Kevin laid bare there, it's really slanted against Scottish teams now. This four rounds and playoff, playoff rounds, a nightmare, assuming you get there. You know, which is why last season was such a bitter disappointment because they were handed as good as a, not a gimme, but, you know, you had more than a competitive chance in that one against IK Athens, you know. Yeah. You were handed the best possible draw. And they still contrived to to make a 
a hash of it, you know. So against ten men as well in the first leg. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, uh, everything played mm-hmm. into their hands, mm-hmm. you know. They, yeah. they and and they still, you know, they were they were just poor, you know. And as you say, considering what went on the year before, the, there was almost this air of arrogance that we'll take them. Mm-hmm. You know that it crept in the same kind of arrogance that had crept in when Celtic were going to appoint their new manager. <laughs> it'll not be Lennon. It'll be Rafa. It'll be Mourinho. It'll be another this perceived expectation now and you know conceit almost yeah you know among supporters you know so that's the wee reality check with Lennon coming in whether they wanted him or not uh-huh. he's there you know whether you like it or not you've got Champions League qualifiers to negotiate mm. you know you, you have to it's hard you know but if ever if, if, if it's be all and end all's domestic dominance then so be it. They will throw everything at that, but you can't just throw everything at that to the neglect of European football. European football sustains the supporters, you know, what it should do. Mm-hmm. You know, you should always want to be at the, the top level in the elite in European competition. It's mm. also massively important to the finances as well. Of course. Um, yeah. You're looking at it's more and more money every year. So Aye, and the financial model mm-hmm. that the club bases itself on, you know. so it's The whole success of the last few years has been... Based on that, Champions League qualification, yeah, group stage qualification, yeah. (laughs) And let's not forget, it is an achievement for a Scottish club to get to because they're they're (laughs) Let's be honest, the upper echelons of of football don't want you there, you know. So that which is why it's slanted that there's now four rounds, you know. Whereas Kevin said you one or two warmer uppers and then a half decent one, which you had more than a 50 50 crack it, but now it's just like. One easy one, mm. three three toss a coin jobs, yeah. you know. So you look at the draw and you wouldn't fancy any of them, really, would you? No, of course you wouldn't. One onwards, yeah, so. Correct. Yeah. So you have to say to yourself, well, you know, you've got not got a lot of time to assemble a team, and then it's going to get harder week by week. But does Lennon turn around and prioritise the league this season or the Champions League? I mean, not outwardly they would never admit that, but. Yeah, inwardly, you've got a feeling what the <laughs> what the thoughts could be it on could that. Be perhaps. You know. Well, we'll certainly find out in the coming weeks and months. But that's all from us today. We'll be back again next midweek to bring you all the latest from Parkhead. Thanks to Tony and Kevin for joining me. Be sure to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available, and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.